<laughs> oh, it, I was pointing at the door. <laughs> Daniel 5. <laughs> There's a, um, um, a 19th century philosopher named GWF. He had three initials. So take that for what it's worth. GWF Hegel. He said, the one thing we learn from history is that we have learned nothing from history. I mean, it's sort of a cynical view, but when you, when you look at, when we look at chapter five, we see that, that Belshazzar had not learned anything from his father, his grandfather. When you look around our world today, it seems that we have not learned anything from history either, but that's the end of that political commentary. Daniel chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. It's, it's, the, it's the setting. What's, what's happening in, 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 in chapter 5? A lot of times we, we read uh, historical accounts and think that they are just immediately after the other. There are 20, 25 years between the end of Daniel 4 and the beginning of Daniel chapter 5. That, that, that Nebuchadnezzar died in 562. We know by reading the last verse of chapter, um, last two verses of chapter 5, that very night Belshazzar the Chaldean was killed and Darius the Mede received the kingdom being 62 years old. We know that that event happened in 539 B.C. So, you know, do, do the math. It's from the time Nebuchadnezzar died. How many years is that? 62, 52, 42, 9. So 21. And we don't know when chapter 4 really ended. So between 20, 25, maybe even 30 years has gone by since uh, the, the, the end of, of, of chapter 4. But Daniel is recording things that the Holy Spirit leads him, uh, it inspires him to write. And, and now he's recording the, the events of the, the last day of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. The, the new Babylonian Empire started... Uh, by, by Nebuchadnezzar's father. In this event, it's, he throws a great feast, a feast with, with a thousand of his lords, and they drank wine in front of, of a thousand, in front of the thousand he did. Some historians point out that the king did not do this. The king did not stoop to you know, even with his lords drinking in front of them. In fact, there's oftentimes a little alcove on the side where the king would be in there when they would have this great banquet and there would be a curtain drawn across so that, that no one could see the, the king in revelry or, or, or eating or drinking. But it seems that in this case, Belshazzar, he's, he has this feast and he is right there among all of them drinking, drinking wine. So it's, it's, it's with, with what Daniel's writing, the, the original readers and, and maybe even readers 
centuries after, a few centuries after, would understand, oh, this is unusual that Belshazzar is, is drinking in front of even his lords, even his, his generals, those high officials, that he's, that he's wanting to make a, a, a scene or he may not want to make a spectacle of himself, but he wants to show, look at me, look what I can do. I can drink with the, with the rest of them. Okay, verse 2. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the gold, golden vessels that were taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So not only is, is Nebuchadnezzar doing sort of an, an unusual thing of, of drinking in front of, of all of these, these people, now he, he takes it even a, a step farther and he says, go get the vessels that my father or the previous king, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken out of the, the temple of, of Israel, the temple of God in, in Jerusalem. Why do you suppose those came to his mind and that he wanted to, to do that? Does it, does it tell us anything about Nebuchadnezzar? Does it tell us anything about ourselves or even our society? I mean, it's kind of a broad question. Does it tell us about this guy 2,600 years ago? Does it tell us anything about people's attitudes to, to, today? What does it indicate about Nebuchadnezzar's attitude toward Yahweh the God of, of Israel. That he, out of all of the kingdoms that Nebuchadnezzar captured, conquered, and probably brought artifacts or, or things back from their temples too, he decides, I want the vessels out of the temple in Jerusalem to drink out of them in here in our in our drunken party that we're that we're having. It's 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 disrespect, dis dis uh, disregard for the one true God. Being 
discipline of the Jews for making fun of it and showing that it was more of an impotence of God instead of God using this as judgment for my people and Belshazzar saying he just doesn't have any power at all. Look what we can do with his death. He's, he's mocking the God of Israel by saying I, I'm in control. I, I can do this. This is I'm the one running the show. What's going on inside or outside Babylon at this very moment? We, 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 we actually know from history that it's the exact date that I've seen like this span, October 11th, 12th, or 13th. You know, if the party starts at night and it, ends after midnight, then it's, uh, you know, the 12th and the 13th. But somewhere in, in right there in the, in the second third of the month of October in 539 B.C., the Medes and the Persians have taken over all of the Babylonian empire. They've, they've, and now they've surrounded the city of Babylon, which was... In, in, the, in, in Belshazzar's opinion, in the Babylonian people's opinion, was an impenetrable fortress. And while this, this great army is outside besieging the city, he's like, let's just have a party, a feast. And then to make things worse, he's, he brings in the, the, the vessels from the God of, of Israel. It's like, we conquered them. We are going to conquer the Medes and the Persians, you know, that, that I am the one. Chapter 4 and 5 are, are very similar in that, that Nebuchadnezzar's pride, God judged Nebuchadnezzar's pride in chapter 4, but now it says if Belshazzar is more, what's worse than being prideful? Well, okay. Belshazzar is arrogant. And I've heard one comparison. I, I should have looked it up, but that, you know, pride is, is, is being proud. Pride is, is uh, just uh, boastful of your accomplishments. Arrogance, one, one writer uh, said that it's, it's being boastful of things that you did not do. It's like, look what I could have done. And that Belshazzar is like the, there's like, four kings between Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, and he's basking in what they did, like living on, on their merits. Uh, it's, it's, it's that he's worse than being prideful for something that he might have achieved, that he's, he's, he's just put elevated himself even uh, beyond anything that he had done. Why mock the God of Israel? One, one guy I, I read said it's the same reason that people blaspheme the name of Jesus today. One of the swear words or a, you know, and, and you know what I'm, what I'm meaning when they take Jesus' name in vain, not just God's name in vain, but they use Jesus Christ as a swear word. It's that as if God is an affront to their sins. 
And so Nebuchadnezzar is, is he's, he's rebelling against the God of, of Israel because God is an affront to, to his sin. So he, he calls in, he brings in these vessels. They begin drinking out of them and praising the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, their handmade gods. Verse 5, immediately, I mean, how soon is that? That's just, you know, it, it's, it's a nanosecond. As soon as they do this, immediately the fingers of a human hand appear and wrote on the plaster of the wall in the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave, gave way, his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. Then all the, ki the king's wise men came in, but... They could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed and his color changed and his lords were perplexed. So in the midst of this great feast, this party, this, this revelry, when the Medes and the Persians are surrounding the city of Babylon... Belshazzar says, bring in the, the vessels. They bring them in. They start, they start uh, drinking out of them, praising their, their false gods, their idols. And immediately it says uh, the hands, the fingers of a human hand appear on this, this plaster wall and begin writing. Chuck Swindoll says it's, this is the, the world record for sobering up when being drunk, that, that he, all of a sudden... Belshazzar is of, of his, you know, right mind and, and, and knowing what's going on. It is a party crasher. The, 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 <laughs> the, the fingers of the hand appear. They have actually excavated the, the, the palace in a big banquet room in, in Babylon and found a, the wall. There was a white plaster wall in, inside one of the great banquet rooms in the, in, in the palace there. Notice that it's right next to the lampstand. And why is he writing next to the lampstand? I mean, they don't have electricity like we do, and, and, and you, so you think the lighting would probably be from, you know, candles and, 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 and illumined by fire things, whatever, lamps. And so next to the lampstand where everybody can see it, this hand uh, appears and begins writing. What happens to the king? Same thing that would probably happen to every one of us if we're sitting here and a hand started writing on that wall, we would... sobered him up. I think it did. It sobered him up, but he, he soiled himself. I mean, the, 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 the English translations, his limbs gave way. It's like the joints of his loins gave way. The language experts say that he 
wet his pants, maybe even more than that, that he just, he lost all control of his, of his bodily functions and his, his knees were knocking. So what does he do? Almost immediately after that, he said he called loudly to who? Same old guys, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, the, the astrologers. He has learned nothing from history, much like Nebuchadnezzar. He brings them in, and then he says, if you can read this and give me the interpretation, you're going to be clothed with, with purple, a, a, a royal symbol. You're going to be given the, the, the bling, the gold around your neck, and you're going to be the third ruler. And why the third ruler? Belshazzar is actually co-regent with his father, um, Nabonidus. And for, for years, for centuries, there was no writing. There was nothing that validated or proved outside of the Bible. And, and that is probably good enough for us that it says Belshazzar was, was, was the king. But for years, scholars debated, said there, there was no Belshazzar listed in any other, anything but Daniel chapter 5, and I guess 7 and 8, but until the middle of the 18th century, 1800s, these Nabonidus cylinders were discovered. And there are over 30 references to Belshazzar as son of Nabonidus, the last king, the official last king of, of Babylon, as being a co-regent. Nabonidus decided that he believed more in the moon god named Sin, ironically, than Marduk, the, the main god of the, of the Babylons. And so Nabonidus, facing ridicule, judgment, whatever from the other Babylonians, moved to Timnah in Saudi Arabia where he could worship the moon god as he chose, and he left his son, Belshazzar, in, in charge. He, he was co-regent. So really the first position that was available was third. Nabonidus is number one. Belshazzar is number two. So now here Daniel will be number three. You know, unlike Joseph in, in, in Genesis was elevated to number two because the Pharaoh didn't have a son that was, that was, that was co-regent. So he offers him the highest ranking position that's available. He's certainly not going to, you know, step down and let him be uh, in, in place of, 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 of himself. So he says all of the wise men came in. What are they thinking when they go in? I mean, it's like, okay, they've called us again. What are we going to do? Are we going to be able to tell them what it means? They've got to, I think if I had a job and I couldn't do it, I, I want to find another job. I don't want to take their money for something that I'm, I'm not good at. But it doesn't seem to bother the, the wise men. They go in. They can't interpret it. What happens? Again, In chapter six, in, in verse six, when the king saw the handwriting on the wall, it says his color changed, his thoughts alarmed him. Now in verse nine, the wise men can't interpret it. He's greatly alarmed. He's even more alarmed now. It's like, okay, I'm scared when I see this handwriting on the wall. Now all of these experts, the Chaldeans, the the, the enchanters, the magicians, the astrologers, they can't do it. He's he's afraid again. 
greatly alarmed, more, more terrified. It's like, what does this, does this mean? Verse 10, the queen, because of the words of the king and his lord, came into the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding, wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your, your, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers because an excellent spirit Knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called in, and he will show the interpretation. This is probably the queen mother, probably Belshazzar's mom, that he had already said that, that in this party... Nebuchadnezzar invited all his lords, his wives, his concubines, all of them are in there drinking. All of a sudden, it either gets quiet or maybe she can hear Belshazzar screaming. She, gets, she, she hears that they brought in, you know, something's going on. She comes in, probably the queen mother. She speaks to him more like a mom than a wife, even though some wives will talk to you this way. But, but she, you know, she's more motherly than, 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 a, than a wife. She's like, you know, just be calm. But then what does she say? She, she's familiar with Daniel and what he did for Nebuchadnezzar. So I'm thinking it, it, it is his, his mother, the, the queen mother who comes in. And notice how, how much she knows Daniel his, his reputation, his, his uh, what? His history, the things, the things that he's done. He says that he has understanding, wisdom like the wisdom of the gods, an excellent spirit knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams. And then what does she call him? She says, this is Daniel. God is my judge. Nebuchadnezzar called him Belteshazzar, but I know him as Daniel. Even after 65, 66 years of being in captivity, the, 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 the Israelites, the Hebrews still maintain their Hebrew name. And, and Daniel has been so faithful in, in worshiping God and staying true to God that this, the queen mother, who was, prop, who, who was probably Nebuchadnezzar's daughter, one of his daughters, could have even been one of his wives and therefore his, his widow, uh, but that, that she knows Daniel by Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar named him Belteshazzar, she remembers him as, as Daniel. What is the difference between Belteshazzar and Belshazzar? Okay. What is that? But what does that look like? I didn't make that up. 
just one observation that somebody I that, that, that I was listening to or read said the different they both mean something about Bell being his his guardian. And it's like the difference between these two is the cross, the T. They both basically have the same meaning. But Nebuchadnezzar somehow named him Belteshazzar that that now, you know, he does this six hundred years before Christ, but now it's like the T, the cross, is the difference between Belteshazzar and, and Belshazzar. So she says, call him in, verse 13. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, you are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king my father brought from Judah? I have heard that you, I have heard of you that the spirit of the gods is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. So Belshazzar, the queen has told him, the queen mother has told him of, of Daniel and Daniel's standing and Daniel's excellent spirit, his, his knowledge, his understanding. And, and, and Belshazzar, he's, he's been scared out of his wits twice. First, when he saw the handwriting. Second, when the Chaldeans couldn't interpret it. That he's, that he's been greatly alarmed. And when, when his mom says, you need this guy, he starts off basically by <coughs> disparaging him. You're that, Daniel? Now, who is it that's coming in to see the king at this, at this moment? What is he expecting? She told him that it's, he's, he, he served uh, Nebuchadnezzar, his, his father. Daniel when we met him in chapter 1, was 15, 16 years old in, in 605 B.C. Now it's 539 B.C. What's that, 65, 66 years? Here comes an 80-year-old man walking in. He may have been retired from, from service by Belshazzar, Nabonidus, Evel Merodach, one of the, the kings between uh, after Nebuchadnezzar's death. Here comes this, this old man. Is he expecting this, this old man? He's like, you're that, Daniel? And he says, one of the, one of the Jewish exiles, just the, 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 the bigotry and anti-Semiticism comes out even, even in that in those days. One of the exiles of Judah whom the king my father brought from, you're a captive. And you're coming in. Said, I, now I've heard that the spirit of the gods is in you. And he, he goes on and, he, and he, he says what he's heard about Daniel. He says, the wise men couldn't, couldn't tell me this meaning. But if you can, you'll be clothed in purple. You'll have a gold chain put around your neck and you'll be the third ruler of the kingdom. He's, he's, he's trying to entice Daniel to, to tell the truth? Has Daniel ever needed that sort of enticement? 
You know, it's almost contradictory. I know an excellent spirit lies within you, but just to make sure you bring it out, I'm going to throw in all these little extra perks to, to make sure you, you tell me the truth. Now, what do you expect from Daniel? Well, we probably expect what, what he's about to say, even though I might have been tempted. You know, I was like, well, okay, I'll take the gold chain. I don't know if I want to be the third ruler because uh, sometimes responsibility is not all what it's, you know, cracked up to be. But look, look how Daniel replies, and it, and it, and it illustrates that he, he has that excellent spirit of the God leading him. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another, saying, I don't want these things. By refusing them, he's proving that he's speaking the truth, not because for what Nebuchadnezzar is giving him. You know, if he takes them, and it's like, well, you're just telling me what I want to hear. He said, no, you keep your gifts. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. Belshazzar said, tell me what this writing on the wall means. Daniel begins with, with a sermon, a rebuke to Belshazzar. He says, the Most High God gave your father, Nebuchadnezzar, Kingship, greatness, glory, and majesty. Verse 19, And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. It's like Nebuchadnezzar was the real deal. God gave him this power. Now it went to his head. And, and, and he, he, he fancied himself above God, but Nebuchadnezzar was, he was prideful for the things that he had, he had done. But Daniel says, make no mistake, God gave him that. Verse 20, but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among the children of mankind and his mind was made like that of a beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox. His body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew the most high God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. But you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath and, and whose are all your ways you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed, and this is the writing that was inscribed. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. 
Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar commanded, gave the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Belshazzar, just like Nebuchadnezzar, turns to worldly wisdom to find out this, what, what this means. Eventually, Daniel is, is brought in. And before he tells him what the writing means, what does he remind him of? Of just what Nebuchadnezzar had done. Nebuchadnezzar was, was great and mighty, but he failed to, to, to honor God. His heart was hardened, and so he was brought down. He was driven out among the, the wild beasts. He lived with the wild donkeys. He ate, he ate grass. His body was wet with dew until he knew that the Most High rules. And he, then he says, you, you haven't humbled yourself. And, and what's the key phrase there? You knew all of this. Belshazzar learned nothing from history, learned, learned nothing from, from the things that happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Now you've brought in all these, these vessels from, from God's temple, the, the Lord of heaven, You've, you've drunk from them and worshiped your God. You've worshiped these gods that can't see, can't hear. They don't know anything. But the God in whose hand your very breath is, you have not honored. So before he tells Belshazzar the, the, the meaning of the handwriting on the wall, he rebukes him for what he's done and what he should have known. You should have known all of this. Not that I'm all that smart, but it, it reminds me of Romans 1 when Paul's saying that, that, that God's hand shows everything. Creation should be enough to, to tell everyone of his greatness and trueness, yet Mankind has rejected that, and God gives them, has given them over to the lust of their heart, their depravity. That kind of makes me wonder about our nation. Has God, is God, are the events of this year, is God giving us over? to the lusts of our hearts, our, our depraved um, minds. It's like, you knew all of this. We knew all of this. And yet we, we, we totally, you know, as, as a nation, re reject him. I was reading in um, Dr. Constable's notes, and he had this quote from, from, from Charles Feinberg. It says, have you noticed how in recent years 
the world has stepped into the sanctuary of faith and laid its ruthless hands on some of the things that we, mo that we hold most sacred. In our day, our day has seen this impious sacrilege carried into many other realms as well. Is God mindful of this? Will He not visit such defiance? Visit us for such defiance? So there's a footnote, like Dr. Constable have a footnote of when he's documenting use of, of somebody else. And I'm like, okay, who is this? I don't, I don't recognize this last name. So I go down to the bottom of all his notes, and it says Charles Feinberg, 1981. What is that? Like almost 40 years ago, he was saying that society, our, our culture has, has stepped in to, to these sacred things that we hold that we hold dear and just trampled on them. You know, what was it in 1981 that provoked him to say that? And what in the world would he think today of the things that we have just 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 trampled on? So Daniel tells him this is the meaning. Now the the, the hand was writing in Aramaic. In Aramaic, like Hebrew, there are no vowels. They don't put vowels in there. It's like, how in the world can you read something without vowels? And so it says, you know, it's like M-N-T-K-L-P-R-S, Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. That when you look at it as nouns, it could be a mina, a, a weight. And these would be weights of descending uh, value or, or quantity. Weights of descending weight not to reuse the same word too many times, but a mina, mina, a tekel, a shekel, and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a paris. But if you put in different vowels, they become verbs. And that's what Daniel is saying. This is the interpretation. These are verbs. Numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. That you have been, your days have been numbered, you have been weighed, and your kingdom is going to be divided. So Belshazzar gives him what, what he had promised, the, 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 the gold chain, the, the purple robe, the number three position in the kingdom, and it doesn't last but an hour, 30 minutes. The, 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 the Medes and Persians are outside the city. Babylon has 20 years' worth of food stored up, but what Darius or, or Ugur Rabbah, whoever the general was, they, they diverted the Euphrates River that ran through Babylon. And when it went over in, in, into this old lake, this marshy area, then they walked in under the walls in the, in the, in the riverbed and, and conquered Babylon. Just, and, and, and Belshazzar was killed that, that very night. So the... The, the, the irony that the last thing that the last king of Babylon did was promote one of the Jewish exiles to number three is just in, in the kingdom, and it didn't last but just, you know, hours or minutes maybe from when, from when he was, was killed. The difference between Belshazzar and Belteshazzar is... The T, the, the cross. What is the difference between us 
and Belshazzar. If we're weighed, are we found wanting as well? Yes, but the cross puts the weight in, in our favor because of Christ's righteousness, not our righteousness, that, that we are, are found acceptable because of the blood of Christ. You know, Belshazzar learns this lesson, it's too late. Notice how God dealt with Nebuchadnezzar and dealt with Belshazzar. That, that Nebuchadnezzar, God was patient with him. Belshazzar has, he should have known all those things. But he had, God deals with people in, in different ways by his, still his mercy and his grace and, and his wisdom. But it's, I take it that we don't ever know you know, when, when is my last day? We don't ever know. And someone say, well, on my deathbed, I will accept Christ. It's like, you don't know. You're not guaranteed a deathbed. You, you could, any of us could die just walking down the street. And so it's like, whatever God is telling us, you know, I know that's more of a, evangelistic mode or, 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 or message, but, but for those that we meet, it's like they don't, they don't, no one knows. It's also good to see that Daniel, he got older and he just retired and quit working for the Lord, right? I mean, here he comes in. He's well into his 80s. And that if you're, if you're breathing, you still have usefulness to God. And Daniel... Is he's ready when, when God calls him for a task. Okay, tell me what you see other than it's 10 to 11 and it's time to go. I like how you brought up that what we learn and science learns and whoever backs up what the Bible says that we should it said it, and we should believe it. Yeah. Over and over and over, archaeology proves right. things that liberal, and not always liberal, but doubting, you know, that scholars are like, well, how could that be? There's no mention of Belshazzar, and yet, you know, 1,850 years after Christ came, they find these cylinders. And now there's like 30 different mentions of him and, and the things. And they're, they're, you know, things like that in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. And so not to pat ourselves on the head that, well, I believed it anyhow, but it's, it's, it's that validation is just, it's, I guess it shouldn't be amazing that it's like, yeah, God's word is true. Okay, next week's chapter account may be familiar to you. Um, finally, we finally get there. <laughs> so let's be in prayer that nobody is sick and not just so we can come to church, but just that nobody gets sick. Let's pray and then we'll go. Father, we thank you for your word and God for the truthfulness in it that we know we can believe it 
that we can base our lives on it, and that we just have an assurance of our salvation because your, your word is always true, never comes back to you empty. God, just uh, give, us, give us time to, to ponder the truths in, in this chapter and just realize that all of your word points us to Christ and his sacrifice to atone for our sins that even now he has ascended and sits at, at your right hand in that seat of power and authority that he makes intercession on our behalf, but that one day he will come again, that your eternal kingdom will be established. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.